Welcome to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and convention coverage, hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com, where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other listeners, find links to our Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube pages, support our Podbean crowdfunding campaign, and much more. Star Wars Action News, covering the whole galaxy of Star Wars toys. Welcome to Star Wars Action News 2016 Year in Review. This is Marjorie. And this is Arnie, and we are joined by a bevy of guests once again. Back with us way across the pond, Steve the Ginger Prince. Greetings, this is Steve the Ginger Prince, and I've had one hell of a 2016. Then, all the way from Down Under, Eddie from Action Figure Blues. G'day, mates. Now, I've heard Steve say before that uh, being in England's like being in the planet furthest from centre when it comes to collecting. Well, if that's the case, I come from the place where the Yuzon Vong come from. The place that was erased when Disney took over? Yep, I'm in a place of legend. <laughs> Marvelicious Toys co-host Justin. Hey, everybody. I'm here all the way from the land of Marvel. Two of our video editors, we have Andrew... Hey everybody, I uh, also am a Hot Toys addict, so it'll be interesting to uh, find out whether I regret the decision of going all in on Rogue One before it came out. Stay tuned! Our other video editor, Daryl. Hello everyone, good to be back. And then our friend Chris, Jedi Yoda 7 from the forums. How you doing everybody? Thanks for having me. So this is going to be looking at collecting this year, and it has been... A really interesting year. We started around Christmas with still the Force Awakens figures kind of under embargo. Justin knows a little bit about that Ray figure that wasn't supposed to see release until <laughs> January. <laughs> and then ending with these figures that are Rogue One. And so just kind of going around the room, what was your year in collecting like? And we'll go in the same order. Steve, we'll start with you. Um, quite slow, if I'm honest with you. I, I didn't see any of the Black Series three and three quarter inch. Um, I'm still looking for that uh, wonky eyed Leia in the dark blue costume from The Force Awakens. Um, as much as it pains me to say, I've not got the Admiral Akbar in the three and three quarter inch Black Series um, tidy small box figure. Uh, I've, I've not seen any of those Black Series three and three quarter inch figures. Um, I have dabbled in the Black Series six inch for the Rogue One figures. I have got all of the Black Series three and three quarter inch figures. Um, and then I've dabbled in other areas of sort of Rogue One collecting. But um, yeah, quite slow, if I'm honest with you. I can't wait for next year. Hopefully next year will be better all round. Eddie? Uh, I've had a very weird year here in Australia. We've been probably one of our most inconsistent years of what we've received here at stores. So uh, we got none of the three and three quarter Black Series Force Awakens figures, but I am now swimming in the three and three quarter Black Series Rogue 
Uh, one figures we've had odd stuff turn up, such as the San Diego Comic-Con Boba Fett with the Han in Carbonite um, here at retail, as well as like Amazon exclusives like the Shadow Stormtrooper helmet. But then we get main things that don't turn up at all, like the uh, second series of the Rogue One Black Series or a couple of the other Force Awakens black series one so it's been a bit weird and i did have a huge amount of money put aside for a hot toys uh star wars figure that i thought was coming but never arrived so i'm I'm sure we'll get into all these oddities soon and justin oh boy i guess i'm still getting used to collecting star wars the way we collect marvel now where it's hey here's a wave for this movie and then careful because there's another wave coming for another movie it's not that condensed yet but it's way closer than it was even three years ago now that we're getting a dedicated movie every year. And that line doesn't necessarily breathe on the Hasbro side. But, you know, I I walk by the five POA figures all the time. And somehow, even though in my mind I'm not collecting them, I've ended up with all of them somehow. So apparently I am collecting them. I'm buying them. I just might not be excited about it, I guess. <laughs> um I'm way into the six inch. I buy all of those. I get all of the multiples of those. I have the figure arts for the new Rogue One waves. I have all those pre-ordered. I'm I'm super into the troopers from from Rogue One. I'm I'm digging the look of these new troops. And I have dabbled a little bit on the Hot Toys side this year. You know, Boba Fett came out this summer, and I had. Captain Phasma come earlier than that, and before that, a First Order Trooper, and I might have a a Death Trooper coming here pretty soon in the next week or so. Did our review do that to you? Uh, I think my my bonus points on Hot Toys, and that was the one that was up at the time, kind of... I kind of wish I would have waited. Instead of the Death Trooper, I probably wish I would have gotten the Scarif Trooper, but either way, I think they're both kind of cool. The Death Trooper has a light-up face. I know! That, that might have put me over the edge and said, all right, I'm keeping that pre-order. <laughs> Speaking of hot toys, Andrew. Yeah, this was an interesting year, especially for uh, the hot toys front, because uh, everything that I got hot toys this year, I pre-ordered last year. Uh, so it was uh, exciting to finally get all those Force Awakens hot toys and crack them open and, and see how they were. Other than that, store shopping has been a lot easier this year because they've actually had some stock, which is good. It may take, you know, four or five months for them to reach my area, but they do eventually show up, which is nice. Uh, and then uh, Lego going strong as always, perhaps too strong for my pocketbook, uh, but uh, they are still coming out with some really good stuff there. So uh, pretty standard year for me. Um, it'll be nice once the new house is all finished up and I can actually start putting some of this stuff out. How about you, Daryl? This year's been a little bit more scattered for me, collecting-wise. Uh, seems like with the new movies coming out, both Force Awakens last year and Rogue One this year, uh, I've kind of tried to stay more focused on the original trilogy with the kind of other lines that I collect, such as Gentle Giant and uh, Sideshow, places like that, Hot Toys. Uh, however, I did go all in in the Hasbro uh, six-inch Black Series on Rogue One figures. Other than that, uh, just hit and miss here and there, trying to fill some gaps in from old pieces or pieces that I were hard to find here and there, and 
keeping my eye on the horizon for what's coming out next. Chris, what about you? I think Daryl said it well. It's kind of been a scattered year. Uh, we ended, or I should say we began the year, and there was still some Force Awakens uh, stuff lingering. Um, I didn't go all in on Force Awakens, and I even passed on some stuff that I ended up going back and eBaying because of later on. Um, subsequent viewings. I like that movie more and more. With Rogue One, I've gone all in on the Hasbro figures. Uh, I've kind of changed my stance on the 5 POA because the sculpts are really good. So I'm in there. Uh, I ordered, pre-ordered, I should say, my first hot toy this year, which unfortunately has gotten pushed into March or April of next year. But I'm really looking forward to seeing that when it comes in. Uh, I've done some, you know, jack specific figures i've dabbled in some lego uh, i haven't done too much in the in the higher end this year the one thing i did get this year uh if we're considering it higher end collectible wise is uh i have i'm now the proud owner of not one but two frank oz autographs nice lucky finds there he's a hard get nice yeah and for marjorie and i i think it's been kind of a bit of a scattered year as well well the disney mass marketing is kind of really just pumping the market full of weird and crazy products we don't need, like carrots. I guess you need carrots, but do you need Star Wars carrots? Do you need Yoda grapes? Do you need BB-8 clementines? Do you need Star Wars The Force Awakens copy paper? Daryl does. Yes, Daryl does. But I will say I am enjoying some of the different higher-end things that the marketing license is allowing, such as... You know, I've been kind of looking at the Alex and Annie charm bracelets, trying to figure out if there's any I like there. Love and Madness, which is another company. They're kind of mid-end jewelry. I picked up a really cool scrawl bracelet, opening crawl bracelet, which was really cool. Loungefly, which makes Star Wars bags and now Marvel bags. You say high-end. I think statues. You start talking about jewelry and purses, obviously. (laughs) This is the difference between the male and female perspective. Yes, Yes, and I guess 2016 is the year that I got my first life-size collectible, so there's that, too. Yeah, your Christmas gift. And for me, I think that the licensing expansion and the Force Awakens stuff, I'm buying more than ever, but it's mostly low-end because it's eating up my budget. When you take into account now two scales of Hasbro figures and rising costs on those plus the multi-packs, the exclusives, all of that, then the Disney Elite figures at the 6-inch scale, Micro Machines, Titaniums, and then starting to get into the middle end there, the Kotobukiya Artifacts Plus statues I'm pretty much all in on, the SH Figure Arts I'm almost all in on, and sometimes troop building a little bit, and then we get into some hot toys and things. There's still a lot of statues and mini busts, and I'm getting really scattered in my collecting. I think that 2017 is a year where I'm going to be trying to refocus a little bit because 2016 has been a year of trying to get all this new stuff and it's been really a struggle to keep up. But let's kind of look at Hasbro and just kind of open the floor. Steve, you mentioned the three and three quarter inch Black Series figures and we've had three waves of it come out this year. The last wave of The Force Awakens with Phasma, Han, and Leia. And then a wave of old figures getting released. Akbar, Ahsoka, the Royal Guard, and Lando. 
than the first wave of Rogue One with Death Trooper and Jin. Where are those being released? Here we can only get those at Walmart, or in my case, eBay. Yeah, in the UK, um, Walmart is the owner of a supermarket called Asda. Um, and theoretically, we're supposed to be getting them at Asda, but uh, as I've said, I've, I've just seen none of that at all. The last the last of that wave that I saw was the Wave 3, which I believe had a Stormtrooper in, if, if memory serves me right. But no, I've not seen the Phasma, I've not seen the Han, I've not seen the Leia. Uh, much to me grievance not seeing the Akbar. I'd love the Royal Guard um, he, I would even potentially consider picking up the the Ahsoka considering I'm not a, uh, a Clone Wars or Rebels guy and definitely not seeing the um, Death Trooper or the Jinn so it's been a real disappointment uh, and it's not that I'm not looking please don't think I'm just sat at home um, not finding these figures I go to an Asda every other week at least if not every week, uh, looking for these figures and and, and and in different locations, not just one. But no, I'm not just I'm not seeing them at all. There is another wave of those that have already been hitting retail, Arnie. There's the Scarif Trooper and Kazian Andor in his just regular outfit. Those have been found? I didn't know those had been found as of this point. I'm swimming in them. Oh I've well, got well, <laughs> well you're in Australia. Yeah, so we we don't have Walmarts at all. There's I uh, don't believe they even have an association with any store here, but it's a, um, a place called Big W, uh, which uh, is an offshoot of Woolworths, and they have been getting them in uh, by the bucket loads, and it's that second wave. So we got the Gin and the Death Trooper, as well as Cassian, Scarif, Akbar, and the Lando. Uh, General Lando, and they've flooded our market, and that's the first wave we've seen from any uh, three-quarter uh, three Black Series ever to hit Australian retail. That's just where they've started us. But they're wow. $25 a figure, if that. <laughs> so they're not, which is uh, not that far off uh, the regular Black Series if they're not on specials, around $30 for the six-inch ones. For comparison, that's 25 Australian dollars is about 18 US. Yeah. Still a bit uh, steep. Yeah, so it's uh, I can't see it being one. If you were going to pick up a figure for someone um, and you weren't specifically focusing on that size as your collection, uh, I think most people are going to head towards the uh, six-inch black series rather than those three-and-three-quarter ones. So hopefully uh, there's some specials and sales that come from them. But to answer your question, Arnie, yeah, those those that wave has been found in the U.S. It was uh, in California. I saw somebody posted a picture of a whole end cap filled with that wave and others. So what are your guys' favorite figures that came out in that line this year? I got to say I'm kind of partial to the Royal Guard. You know, the Phasma was okay. It wasn't Chrome. Han and Leia I thought were kind of misses. But the Royal Guard there with the soft goods cloak and everything, I kind of troop build both him and the Death Trooper. I love the Royal Guard. That's that's my favorite. So I'll agree with you there. I love the fact that they went and re-released it from uh, which was a hard to find one on the vintage style card. So that hands down is the one for me. I always love a, a highly articulated uh, trooper. You know, I, I always think back to the Revenge of the Sith line when the, initially they came out with the the Phase 2 trooper where you could squeeze his legs and his arm would go up. And I was like, oh, this is so lame. But then they released that 
fully 14 points of articulation, articulated clone trooper. And that really sucked me right back into collecting. So every time they put out one of these, I'm pretty happy with it. So over this year, we've got quite a few troopers, you know, from Phasma to the First Order trooper to the the Death trooper. And I'm hoping to find that Scarif trooper here pretty soon. Those were all pretty good. But I, I was actually pretty impressed with the, the Jyn Erso in that scale. For me, it was the the Akbar, just because the vintage Return of the Jedi, one that came out a couple of years ago, didn't uh, hit our shores at all. So that was uh, my first chance to pick him up, and uh, he is very well done. All the things I could do with an articulated Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> so has anyone done a head swap with the Jin three and three quarter inch figure and the um, Imperial Ground Crew figure? You know, the one she gets changed into in Rogue One with the batons behind the back waving the ships in. I thought I saw they were coming out with a 5POA version of that figure as Jin. Yeah. In a future wave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't be nice. surprised at all. That'd be an easy one. Which explains why they made an Imperial ground crew figure at all. Well, we're already making the body for the Jin figure. Uh, let's just make a head and sell it a separate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying it right now, and it's not an exact fit, but, you know, it can be done. So if, when they come out with that new figure, I'm guessing it's probably going to be a somewhat modified head sculpt to fit on this peg. Will it come with portable hard drive technology accessory? <laughs> <laughs> they missed a big uh, cross-promotion opportunity there with, like, Western Digital or something, or Seagate. Cisco, something like that, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't, too, because when watching some of the World Series, God knows there were enough Star Wars tie-in ads with the Nissan Rogue and everything else. They could have definitely had something with a data uplink with Cisco. Was anybody tempted to get a Rogue? I bought a new car and I did not buy a Rogue. You still stuck with the Volkswagen that was in the previous ones with the little kid ad. Yeah, I stuck with the Passat, but I wasn't even tempted to get a Rogue. We have a friend who was a Rogue, and it's really nice, though, but not the Star Wars edition. I was tempted. I kind of wanted the Death Trooper helmet. Yeah, yeah. me too. We, we have do a- have a Nissan Juke, but we don't have a Rogue one. I got one. You bought the car? Yeah. How's the helmet? <laughs> uh, it doesn't ship until April. Oh, Long after you can't return the car. Exactly. <laughs> Hope it wasn't being made by a prop store. Uh, Gentle Giant. Okay. Is it one-to-one skill? I thought I read it was. Yes, it is. Huh. Did you buy the car for the helmet, or did you need a car? No, well, I had a Nissan already, and it was getting a little old, not too old, but old enough that I didn't feel too bad about trading it in for it. There's not enough on the car, though, that really goes with what it is. I mean, it just has the badges... The lighted kick plate, the floor mats, the cup holders are shit. I mean, they... (laughs) What they are is they're just these real thin aluminum uh, inserts that you drop in so you can pull them out and clean them. But, I mean, the the ones you can get from ThinkGeek are much better for if you're looking for Star Wars inserts for your cup holders. What colors you got? Black. Death Trooper. I never thought I'd hear a hands-on review of the Nissan Rogue One. That is awesome, though. Yes. <laughs> that is truly high-end collecting. Do you drive it, or do you just park it in your garage as a collectible? Uh, it's parked because it's bad winter right now, but uh, I'll drive it in the spring and summer. Yeah, I had talked to... I have two cars, so... 
I had talked to my one wife to about it. One to keep in package, one to ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, half inch of ice that's out on our roads right now is not uh, lending itself to driving it. So, Are, are you saying that a freaking sports utility vehicle doesn't do well in bad terrain? <laughs> no vehicle does it good on a half inch of ice. Well, you'll definitely have to review that helmet for us when you get it in, because I almost bought a car for it. I can't imagine what those things are going to sell for on eBay for the, what, they limited that car so much. There's only a handful of those helmets that'll be made, and I think people are going to try to pay off half their car by selling those. Well, what interests me is hearing that General Giant is the company producing that. Does that mean that they might hop into the one-to-one scale helmet replicas here in a bit? There's an opening. Did anybody buy anything from the prop store? I mean, we're talking to Hasbro, but I'll hop into that. Because prop store, I remember seeing their stuff come out and having major sticker shock at their 3D printed prop replicas, talking to some people in the know and being really afraid about the longevity of them, seeing them at San Diego and being like, they're nice, but I still don't think that Melted Vader helmet is worth $5,000. And then poof, they no longer in business. And a lot of people were scrambling to recover their money. And what didn't ship will never ship. Yeah. Nobody here bought into them. No, Uh, no. that stuff's just a pipe dream for me. By the time you get exchange rates and shippings and that, and (laughs) even more so with risk of companies going under now. Um, Yeah, I, I don't even try to fathom it just so I don't disappoint myself. I think we talked about it you know, over the summer, Arnie, seeing a lot of those things in person, you could kind of tell that they were 3D printed. And that that kind of turned me away just as much as the overly high price tags. I was really disappointed that because of convention schedules and everything, we never had him on. But one of our listeners sent in a very detailed review of his Vader helmet. He bought the prop store one. And we were going to have him on because he sent me this great email with all these pictures but the bottom line was he didn't feel he spent his money wisely. He was regretting his purchase. And that hurts when, you know, you're the person who bought it. But let's scale back the dollars quite a bit. We were talking about the three and three quarter inch five POA. I've been all in on those, but not keeping too much track. I find the two packs harder to get. I'm ordering the singles by the case. They're pretty good case assortments. Those two packs, they're doing so many carry forwards that... I try to keep up with them in stores, but I'm having a lot of fun with this line still. I think that with the variety of figures, a six-inch line where they can only release, what, a dozen or so figures in a year cannot keep up with a three-and-three-quarter-inch line that can come out with twice as many, even if the price is a little high. I think your estimate of six-inch figures is a little on the low side, though. I mean, we're, we're, we're approaching close to 20-something for this year already. Yeah, they were just front-loaded at the beginning of the year and then nothing over the summer and then everything on the back end of the year. I guess there's 21 in the regular release. And then there were a couple of exclusives at Entertainment Earth and things. But that's still nothing compared to several waves of Force Awakens figures followed by waves of Rogue One figures, the two packs, the individual packs, the ones that come with the vehicles, and so on. Yeah, I will... I will admit that I was surprised at how fast uh, some of the ancillary characters from The Force Awakens disappeared. Now, others ended up being peg warmers, but like Tasu Leech and Unkar Plutt and uh, Finn in his Stormtrooper gear with the 
the bloody handprint, those were here and gone so quickly. At first, I, I passed, and like I said earlier, I ended up going back and eBaying probably three or four of those because I decided I wanted them. I kind of figured I had some time to make a decision, and but they were they were here and gone. Uh, the older waves seemed to still stick around, and you could find some of those, but some of those ancillary characters disappeared real quick. I can uh, tell you where they've disappeared to, and that's uh, down here. It's uh, though that wave um, has ended up in our version of like TJ Maxx and Lowe's, which is known as the Reject Store, and we've just got pegs and pegs of the later half of the Force Awakens uh, turning up here. Whereas we didn't see some of the earlier waves come through. Like I actually didn't see too much uh, Constable Zuvios. Uh, in the three and three quarter inch uh, hanging around here, but the uh, lasso and um, uh, for this show, resistance ray, there's pegs and pegs of resistance ray uh, down here now. So it's uh, some of those later ones have been coming my way. Yeah, that last wave, um, I, you know, Chris, you said they came and gone. I don't think they ever came to my area. I've never seen them on the pegs here. Uh, and the, uh, wave that came right before that. Uh, I never saw it in any of the, the main, the big stores. I happened to be in a dollar general one day and happened to find them there. Uh, but they never reached like target or toys R us or anything like that. in in my neck of the woods. So the, the later waves were definitely harder to come across. Wow. You were lucky to just happen upon them in a dollar general. I, I actually spent a good deal of the last half a summer, actively going in and out of Dollar Generals looking for that wave. I got lucky, and, and I was doing the same thing as Justin, but I did probably after probably three weeks of searching one of the local ones here, I did find that that whole wave. Kudos for some of those two-packs, though, because that Sidon Ethano and Quiggled two-pack, that Sidon Ethano figure is absolutely fantastic. Um, for a limited articulation figure, it, it really pings. For me, the best figure out of all the... Um, Force Awakens figures, possibly. Um, and the um, Uncar Plot, the Uncar Plot three and three quarter inch figure is an awesome figure, too. Um, but I'd like to give my um, kudos to uh, Justin here on the podcast. Those sweet, sweet card backs that you did, man, they were superb. They yeah. made my, my Force here, Awakens here. experience. Oh, thanks, guys. Well, keep your eyes open. I'm doing the same thing for Rogue One because I, I still do not like the packaging that they're putting these five POAs out on <laughs> the back of the packaging is it's insulting really especially with the rogue one stuff where the only thing that's on it is a giant picture of the you know an ad for that mobile app it's a shame that they don't do something you know where they show at least the other figures in the wave or something like that you know make it feel like they're actually putting some time and thought into what they're putting on the back of these cards Justin gave me some of these cards to give away at Celebration Europe and everyone who saw them was going ape over them. Um, and I think Asbro would be 10% richer had they employed Justin. <laughs> <laughs> I actually talked to Hasbro and showed them pictures of your cards and they said they'd seen them from other people too. Wow, wow famous. <laughs> First he's banned from Facebook and then he's praised by Hasbro. What's going to come next? <laughs> It's been about a year since I've been uh, in trouble with the almighty Disney company, so maybe it's time to poke my head up again. <laughs> what about the vehicles? I just have to ask. $300, already marked down to 200 before Christmas on Walmart. 
Did anybody buy the Bluetooth-enabled walking, shooting, ATACT? Because it has not hit my sweet spot for price, and I don't even know what that is. A hundred bucks? Hell no. Yeah, uh, if it ever got down to a hundred bucks, I I might uh, be tempted by it. But as it stands, yeah, no way. But it doesn't just stand, it walks, Andrew. (laughs) Still no way. Plus, seeing the movie and how little it's actually utilized in the movie doesn't help it at all either. Yeah, did you notice we never got to see, like, the cargo container unload whatever? I thought it might have this... I didn't expect it to be, like, a dedicated scene, but I thought there might be a cut shot of it lowering whatever the cargo thing it's carrying was and a whole bunch of troops run out or something. We got to see some ATACTs without the cargo container that looked like they had handy lifts, like you could just pick it up like a carrying case, but they did not get their due in that movie. In fact, if it wasn't for the toy, I'd wonder why some of the AT-ATs had holes cut out of them. Yeah, and the from- TIE Striker didn't really see much screen time either. It was only in a couple shots there at the at the end on Scarif, but other than that, every other shot was just a regular old TIE Fighter. It makes you wonder why they didn't put out an X-Wing, since the X-Wings are heavily featured in the film. Yeah, they should have done that. I think they could have updated an X-Wing I mean, they did get the U-Wing, we did get the TIE Striker. I've seen the movie three times. I think there's two different TIE Strikers in it. There's, like, one that has the cockpit, but then there's one that looks like you can't even see out of it. Like, it's got this wedge. I wonder if that's, um, like, a bomber or something. It's the Death Trooper um, troop carrier. So that's what they land on on the beach Uh. and then invade with that. So I I think the TIE Striker is connected to Krennic. It only seemed to be... Uh, when those guys were moving down. I don't think it's a regular um, ship. I think it's something to do with Krennic's uh, special weapons forces. That would explain why they were only on Scarif and why we never see Death Troopers again also. I mean, I like the design. I'm really just jazzed that the TIE Defender made its way into Clone Wars. I mean, that's long been my favorite TIE ship ever, and it got me into buying Micro Machines back in the day. But... I like different variations of TIE. I was down with the TIE Striker, but yeah, I was a little confused why there were a couple different ones and why there were so few in the movie. Yeah, we didn't even see him go into space, did we? Like, the outer atmosphere battle was basic TIE fighters, and all of the Strikers were in the atmosphere there. Ooh, maybe they're not space-worthy. That could be the whole thing. It's another one where I think there's a cutscene because there's parts of them in the background in a bit which i won't get into on this one because we're not the spoiler one but uh, if you look in the background during certain scenes there on scarif i think uh, there were moments with that ship that were cut so the tie strikers the constable zuvio of Rogue One. yeah <laughs> they're in the background but not <laughs> yeah personally i've been underwhelmed by vehicles since they started shrinking them down and now that they're adding like nerf features, I'm completely uninterested in them. It's just I don't understand why they feel like kids want a ship that also has a nerf dart on it. That just to me doesn't make much sense. Any kid that's into playing with action figures and ships isn't also thinking, "Ooh, I want a nerf to shoot out of this." I, I, to me, I kind of want a ship that shoots nerfs. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of it's kind of neat. Like, yeah, it's I. I you know, you look back to the toys as a kid and, you know, they couldn't have those projectiles. But how how disappointed were you when you found out that Boba Fett's backpack didn't fire a missile? But it wasn't Nerf. Right. But it 
but if you it's the same concept though it's a a mechanism on a ship that shoots and can knock over your action figures that worked so well for Hasbro's little line of figures that all they did was shoot those projectiles. Remember? What was that line called? Oh, uh, tactics. A tactics. Yes, those. Here's, I'll split the difference on the nerf. I don't care if a ship shoots nerf if it doesn't hurt the aesthetics of the vehicle. If you can remove the nerf shooter or if you can hide the nerf shooter, if that's what they got to do to get me a vehicle that looks screen accurate... Go ahead, insert a few nerf darts in it. It's not going to make me buy the vehicle, but if you, so long as you don't have giant nerf cannon atop the Millennium Falcon and what it, its primary purpose is is to shoot nerfs and not look like the movie, then I, I don't care. It's kind of like any action fig- feature on a figure. If it doesn't hurt posability and display, it doesn't matter if it's there. The most badass vehicle in this film, without a doubt, is the Death Star. Why haven't we been given a Death Star toy? I went on this rant on Facebook, but how is it Mattel can make this giant bat cave and put it out for $80 and Hasbro says there's no financial viability to a playset? I'd like to point out that those are on clearance now. And the last time I told you I saw them was they were down to 60 So I don't think they're moving. Did you buy? No. What are you going to do with the bat cave? It's Make only a Death $60. Star. <laughs> yeah. This is why you have Custom a problem. Repaint. They also had, there was also a Ninja Turtles playset like that Batcave as well. Yeah, I got a massive um, two-foot-tall Castle Grayskull that came out a couple of years ago right next to me at the moment as we're talking from Mattel. So there, there's playsets can be done. I am one that with the Force all- and I want a Death Star playset. I am one with the <laughs> Force and I want a Death Star playset. It would have been better than the $300 ADAT, I think, personally. That would have been a better we've way been, to go with the money for that price point target Christmas market. We've been asking, uh, us as fans have been asking for a, a Death Star playset for quite a while now. And I know that, um, I think it's 12th Parsec is the website. They've actually, you know, they've gone and done one and, I, and, and it's, it's a smaller version but, um, you know, that's a good alternative to anyone looking for a Hasbro one, because at this point, I don't think we're going to get one from Hasbro. I'm not convinced. I'm really not convinced. I'm waiting till February, but we'll talk about 2017 in a little bit. I, I wonder if they might relent. I don't know if I'm just wishful thinking here, but yeah, that would have been better. The ATACT, I think the mistake was, I mean, it fires nerfs, but it has Bluetooth, and that Bluetooth control isn't cheap. I understand that. It also can't even turn. All you can do with the Bluetooth is make it walk forward, but I think they've over-engineered the Nerf device to find a really niche market. I also wanted to, so so to back up just a smidge to Justin's point, um, the smaller scale, I, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at my legacy AT-AT and the Shuttle Tidarium, the Queen Starship from Naboo, and the, the big Millennium Falcon. I'm just wondering, I mean, are those days done? We're not you know, I know the cost is a little bit prohibitive now, but I think that they could have put time and effort into doing something like that and would have had better results than they're going to have with this uh, ATACT. According to Hasbro, if they were to put out the big AT-AT now or the big Millennium Falcon now, we'd be looking at 500 plus per ship. But is that with the included Bluetooth cost that they factored in? Like, <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, is why put all that stuff in there that ends up not really making anybody that we know jump at the idea of buying it 
and instead maybe use that funding to go a little bit bigger again. Agreed, but the fact that Walmart has already had the ATACT marked down to $200 pretty consistently before Christmas makes me wonder how inflated that MSRP actually is. <laughs> but I do think that with the manufacturing costs, and they're not even taking tooling costs. They're saying if they took the exact same tool and did it again, the labor cost, the plastic cost, $500. And so this is a mini ATACT. I mean, compared to the big ATAT they put out, this thing's like a baby brother. But they threw in some Bluetooth, and I guess they're... Their business model seems to be throw it all at the wall and see what sticks so long as it's not a playset. Right. Instead of a playset, we got a weird iPhone game this year. Did anybody play that? No. The little pieces of paper that you scan when you get a figure and you can now make movies or whatever. Yeah, it's not even really a game. It's just a movie maker. Yep. And it's actually a photo maker, isn't it? And you could then take those into like iMovie or something and make your own movie with it. I think that's the idea. I never even messed around with it because it just, you know, <laughs> it never really occurred to me. I tried and I couldn't. I saw it at San Diego and I actually viewed it as a new area of collecting. I'm like, oh, wow, I can start collecting this digital stuff. And I'll be honest, I never scanned a single code. I didn't even download the app. It just, it would have been cool, I suppose. This, I, I might sound like a bit of a whiny old fanboy here because it's a conversation that's happened um with a lot of star wars collectors these last couple of years but i think if you're going to do a feature that's make your own movies with star wars figures then you need the articulation there to sort of show it off and uh do some of that stop motion stuff and that could have been a great marketing campaign but having these movie makers with five points of articulation i think it just sort of limits the possibility on the way you can sell it that's a great point. That's a very good point. Because there's other toys out there that are nothing but, you know, little stick figures that are, you know, I, I don't want to say articulated, but they are. But it's just basically string holding pieces of plastic together. But you can bend the knees mm. and the feet and all that. And all they are is a stop motion stage and camera setup for kids to use. So that concept would have been really cool with highly articulated figures. Mm. If you're going to give us a packing, make it worthwhile. Uh, and it's been a long time since we've had a worthwhile packing. Agreed. I was waiting for when that, that point was going to be brought up because I didn't care for the Force Awakens pack-ins. I have a big old Ziploc bag that I just threw them in, and they said they weren't doing them with Rogue One, yet, you know, they're not a Build-A-Weapon, but they're some weapon that's not, you know, you've never seen in the, in the movie. And so I would like to see them do something worthwhile for the pack-in. I mean, I, I've said my piece about the pack-ins and how I like them, so I'm not going to you know reiterate too much. But I, I'm curious to know what you guys think a worthwhile pack-in would be. What do you guys want to see? Because we all know that Hasbro does listen. Figure stands. Yeah, I'd be happy with a figure stand. Something collectible. After all, we are collectors. I'm going to side with you, Andrew. I think that these five POA figures need to bring in young collectors and... You know what? If their studies show little kids, and I mean, we're talking five and six, because by the time you're at eight years old, you're done with figures these days. If it makes them like a toy better to have a big gun, the way, remember, I mean, this is nothing new. Remember 1996's Momon Adon with the Aborist with the giant gun? 
I mean, I don't know too many horticulturists who need bazookas, but that's what we got. I'm fine with them doing this so long as they keep the sculpts there. And the 5 POA, I've asked them about that from every given way, but just the cost per joint is so high. I liked 5 POA for a long time, and I'm not just talking vintage. I'm talking when these figures came back in the 90s. We had, at best, seven points of articulation on figures, and a lot of them were five. It doesn't lead to the greatest of displays, but I'd rather have a 5 POA 3 and 3 quarter inch figure that looks good in some pose than nothing at all. And I think they've done a much better job this year making it so they're not all like the mummy. They're not all Boris Karloff Frankenstein with their arms straight out. They've given us some bent arms and things so they look better with a gun on, with their hand on the gun in their holster or in a more natural shooting pose. I love I love the 5 PLA line, don't get me wrong, but just don't waste money on the packing. Put put the money into the packaging. Put the money in employing Justin mm. to do some decent cards. I mean, just don't give me that waste of time, big gun. Don't tell me kids like that. Please don't. T- and, you know, I think I know. I ain't got kids of my own, but I think I know them well enough. I remember being a kid myself. I would rather have something that I could collect, some facts and figures about the the figures i would rather have something on the back of the card that showed me what figures were due to come so i so i knew what i was going to collect in the future but for me uh, oh, they're just wasting they're just wasting the time with these packings i i've always heard it that um things like the packings are a bit of a false economy in that they do uh sort of tests with kids in at marketing at toy companies and they find that uh, things with buttons and that uh, the kids will sort of gravitate to and push and like to shoot the button and do that when they're presented with a whole bunch of new toys in front of them, but it doesn't necessarily translate to what kids buy themselves and uh, want to enjoy when they're collecting figures. It's just, you know, when you set up a bunch of kids in front of a bunch of new toys, they're going to do all the different things with it in the way the market tests kind of go. It looks like, okay, they seem to fire the missiles because everyone that has a missile firing thing, they seem to at some point push the button and fire the missile and, uh, do that so it's um i've heard some very mixed things from the figure designers on how it actually goes in ending up with these packings it's often a choice by marketing and heads above for these rather than uh what actually seems to move the figures at retail and i remember being a kid and growing up i played with star wars and you know what i loved I love the lightsabers that extended out, the telescoping lightsabers, and I didn't have the double telescoping, but just the single telescoping was my favorite feature of vintage Star Wars figures. And then I got into Transformers, and I loved that they transformed, but you know what I loved even more is when they had the Transformers that had the pullback feature, and then they were just rubber bands. I pulled them back, and then they drove themselves. And where I really lost my kitty... is with the Chuck Norris and his karate commandos where I could squeeze their legs and they karate chopped. When I was a kid, gimmicks b- made me spend money. So I think that's probably more in action features than pack-in extra. But that's what they're trying to do, is they're doing the pack-ins to avoid giving figure action features. And, I, you know, that kind of thing... I think they're trying to find that happy medium where just like I said earlier, we're not going to ruin the aesthetic of the figure, but we still got to give kids something to play with because collectors as a whole seem to have unanimously risen up and screamed no action features because they limit the posability. But you know what, Arnie? I would be okay with the whole pack-in, 
you know, for pack-in sake. And even the idea of a build-a-weapon isn't a bad idea. It was just the execution there was just garbage. Like, the thing you built wasn't anything from the movie. It didn't look cool. It wasn't really functional. You know, but across, like, a wave of three or four figures, maybe they can make something that actually serves as a prop that you've seen in the movie that wouldn't sell as just an individual figure. You know, like, even... They, they did it before with the uh, the moisture evaporators. I know it came in one piece or one figure, but, you know, maybe something like a moisture evaporator that you get one piece with a gin, one piece with a Cassian, and one piece with a K2, and next thing you know, you've got another moisture evaporator to put in your diorama. But not to go all Tom Hanks and big, but what's fun about a moisture evaporator? <laughs> <laughs> what's fun about a gun with skis on it that you've never seen before? It's a big gun. I, I like the moisture <laughs> evaporator idea. <laughs> Those packings make me cry. They really do. See, I just, I understand where they're coming from, and I defer to them in that they'll know more about child's play patterns than I do. And if it's helping bring new fans into the line and make new Star Wars fans, then I'm for that, because I think we need to see children doing this. That said, I see them desperately trying to reach out with things like that app to try to get kids playing with figures longer and on my feed and admittedly i don't follow a lot of children but i follow a hell of a lot of collectors i never saw anybody post anything from that app (laughs) now that brings a point has there been much marketing i haven't seen any tv commercials or anything like that for the toy side of things have you guys gotten anything over there I've seen quite a few Rogue One toy commercials, but they're more store-related. I've seen Target ads and specifically Walmart. I forget what I was watching, but Walmart Star Wars was in every commercial break. Their Walmart has that R2-D2, which they've done where they're at the hospital. That's been a big one that I've seen. And I saw one the other day that was for a specific toy. It's for that Stormtrooper, the techie Stormtrooper. Well, I don't remember exactly what it's called. It's one of the, the 12-inch figures um, where it interacts with you like it talks and you it says i need a weapon you put a weapon in his hand and then he starts shooting that kind of thing that's the only one that i've seen that's toy specific and then he says he can't hit his target and continues to miss i've seen some lego ads too for sure i think again lego number one toy manufacturer i think they're kind of knocking it out of the park with bringing kids and especially older kids into star wars because action figures There's only so much of a play pattern there, but Lego, you start getting those kids who enjoy construction and a little bit older kids who can follow the patterns and then take it off on their own area. I think that's definitely something that's going to continue to be the pattern going forward. And it hurts me because, again, I'm like, I want movie-accurate aesthetic, and I'm never going to get that with the Lego aesthetic, but it's got its own look that, as they've shown with the Lego movies and the Lego Star Wars movies can definitely work yeah the lego sets that came out this year have really been been good um one of the benefits of me uh having to move into a new house is that i wasn't able to put most of my lego sets together until very recently so it's very fresh in my mind as to uh which ones were the the really good ones the one that uh stands out to me there's two that stand out to me really there's the the one that was on our um our gift guide for the um encounter on jakku 
Uh, I'm a sucker for the play sets. And um, so, it, you know, even though there isn't a lot of action that really happens at Uncar Plutz Place, um, this one uh, has some some cool little features with some hidden doors and everything. But the that uh, beast of burden that uh, the one guy is riding when he tries to capture uh, BB-8, that little figure that you build is really cool looking and totally makes the set worthwhile. Uh, the other one that's, that I thought was really good was actually one from uh, rebels. It's uh, captain Rex's ATTE where he's customized it and modded it out. And it's got all sorts of like fishing lines and everything hanging off it. And the reason that I really liked it was because it reminded me of some of the, creations that I would make myself with Lego sets when I was a kid, not following directions, or I would make the ship kind of like what it, the instructions said, but then I would add my own stuff to it. And it really looks cool. And it's got some really cool action stuff on it, but yeah, overall Lego continues to, to amaze me with what they're able to do with a bunch of little blocks. And they have to be the biggest point for man of characters. They're getting out there now that we're getting a film a year, they seem to be, getting the most um, variety. They did kind of have a miss this year, though, with that, I believe it was called the Freemaker Adventures or whatever, where they tried a a TV (laughs) show with those uh, sets that they had exclusive to that show and stuff. But overall, they're still keeping up pretty well. Um, I enjoy picking up uh, a few of their sets here and there. Kind of rehash some older sets with that big Death Star that they put out again. And then I know we talked early in the year about that uh, Hoth set was kind of a mixture of some old and some new as well. But yeah, Lego's still going strong and still gets a lot of interest from everybody. Have you actually, has anybody actually seen that Freemaker Adventures show? No. Uh, It's actually kind of amusing. Um, It starts off a little slow, but then, uh, you know, about three episodes in really starts to be fun. It's obviously not canon at all. But um, it, it it's really fun. The, the stuff that they, they bring in uh, from the movies is, is really well done. It's not uh, like the other Lego stuff where it's a spoof. It's, you know, it's got an actual story arc through like, like 12 or 13 episodes. And there's a uh, one of the characters is a repurposed battle droid. Uh, and he's hilarious. I'll just say I laughed out loud at some of the stuff that he says and does in this show. So if any of you are looking for something fun to, to watch, um, you know, even, you know, if you don't have kids, you know, I say, check it out. It's, it's actually pretty amusing. The Lego sets that go with it. Maybe not so much. Is it still going on? Uh, No, but it did just come out on uh, uh, DVD and Blu-ray last week or the week before so uh, you can actually go out and, and purchase it now i think it was on it was a disney xd show so if you've got uh, the disney xd app you can probably watch old episodes on that too the battle droid is voiced by matt wood uh, who did um, general grievous in uh, revenge of the sith and, and and does quite a lot of the sound at lucasfilm and uh, yeah he did a panel at celebration europe and it, it did seem quite amusing to me yeah i watched a little bit of it i didn't keep up with it and i didn't realize it was no longer still on it where you have a glut of star wars right now and it is it could be a full-time job to keep up with all the media they put out with movies and books and cartoon series 
Anybody else buy any Lego sets this year? I bought a couple, mostly based on Andrew's recommendation. I got early this year, I got the X-Wing from The Force Awakens with the BB-8, and then I did buy the Takadana play set and a couple others, the Carbon Free set. Yeah, I've, I've picked up the, I've got the Carbon Free set, and I'm drawing a blank on the other one I picked up, and then I've got a couple of the Rogue One sets. I, I bought just, the Carbon Freezing Chamber, and it is quality. It is a damn good set. And I've bought, perhaps Andrew can tell me what these sets are called, but I've bought the the sort of six to eight inch figures. Um, oh, the buildable figures? Yeah, what what do they call them, Andrew? I think they just call them buildable figures. Nice. Uh, very, yeah, very <laughs> original. <laughs> they used to be called like Technics or something back in the Attack of the Clone days. Yes, yeah. they're in that sort of style, but they're, they're, they're quite nice. And I don't buy them full price. I wait till they get close to half off before I pick them up. Yeah, I really like the more unique characters like the Grievous and, and Darth Vader. Any of the human characters, it's basically just a repaint of the exact same parts. Uh, but that the Grievous is really cool. I haven't uh, picked up any Lego, but on the sort of build figure uh, end, I've actually picked up a couple of uh, Kinder Surprises, the chocolates with the little toy inside. I've been doing a lot of Star Wars this year, so there's been little builder ships and uh, have giant character heads coming out of them or uh, little characters themselves that have these weird ear-turny gimmicks that you open up and build up and that's sort of been my weird little dollar fine build figure traits that i've been picking up throughout see that would be something i would totally be into here i always go for that kind of weird tchotchke stuff and even if you already have the part ooh, you just have this great chocolate egg but those are illegal in the states i have maybe possibly hypothetically smuggled a couple across borders on international travels every single time we go to international but <laughs> what? they're really illegal here because stupid american children will choke on them they'll eat the egg and the toy <laughs> yeah i think that's the rationale which makes about as much sense as kids like giant guns with skis <laughs> <laughs> the um the good thing about the little ship ones with the heads for this time of year is that they have uh, string coming off them so you can make them ornaments for your Christmas tray uh, if you want to. Just to circle back to Hasbro for one last topic has anybody picked up outside of the two main action figure lines some of their stuff they did the shadow stormtrooper helmet we reviewed the regular stormtrooper helmet seemed to be a big hit that R2D2 that they put at Walmart stores anything like that? I picked up both of the Stormtrooper helmets from Amazon. I, I like them. I think they're really cool looking, and they're they're a nice little conversation piece. Kind of, I think we talked about this on Marvelicious, and we were trying to figure out what the purpose of a $90 Iron Man plastic helmet is. And to be honest with you, I, I, I'm enjoying the classic Stormtrooper helmet more than the idea of an Iron Man helmet, even though that Iron Man seems to have more playability and more functions but I think I just, I really like how, how official these helmets look. I was amazed I hadn't seen the uh, Stormtrooper helmet here at all. But uh, one of our stores, Maya, which is not like the Maya you guys have there. It's more of a JCPenney type store. Ended up getting the Amazon Shadow Trooper um, helmet in. And they actually had it at a, not super cheap, but a reasonable price here by comparison cost, which was around $150, which is um, not too bad for an item like that. 
here. Um, so I had a look at it, but uh, just space reasons. I uh, couldn't justify the purchase, but was, yeah, shocked to see that at retail. But you can wear it around town. So what do you mean space? You can just wear it. <laughs> but we actually had a weird year with Hasbro, just um, as I alluded to, like weird stuff has been turning up. Like we actually only just this year started getting the six inch black series with the blue line running down the side. So like the Cody and the Darth Vader and uh, Empire and Stormtrooper Luke that started just turning up this year, which was weird hold off. We had a few San Diego items like the Boba Fett with Han what? Uh, turning up. Yeah. Wow. So there, there was some weirdness uh, going on on our Hasbro. Now, generally what happens is because we're close to China, um, if you've got uh, warehouses still filled with things, our stores uh, get the opportunity to buy excess stock at cheap uh, so they can bring it up and fill it in through there. But, uh, yeah, there's been some very odd... Uh, as I mentioned before, the uh, the Black Series turning up in huge amounts before it hits in its exclusive spot of Walgreens, uh, Walmart in the states, and yeah, that's been a um, it's yeah, it's sort of at that point we don't know what we're going to find, and it makes it really hard as a collector here in Australia because I often have needed to make the choice of ordering my items from overseas just to make sure I get it because I don't know if it's going to turn up at retail here. And Star Wars, it's been a weird year because about 50% of it has eventually turned up. So what about high-end collecting? When we first started the show, a lot of people mentioned Hot Toys, and I did go in for the Hot Toys Yoda, which I'll get next summer, and the Death Trooper, and a couple of others, the Gold Stormtrooper Oscar statue and things. But where have your guys spent like your big loads of money? Can I start off with my disappointment? Sure. I I was all set. I knit. I I pick up cherry pick. It's uh, the right term. I was going to say nitpick, but it's not a nitpick. I cherry pick with hot toys, and uh, I knew there was going to be one hot toy out of the Force Awakens that I was going to get, and I had it uh, all there, ready to go. And I'm still yet to see a pre-order for Poe Dameron, who's my new character focus. Uh, in Hot Toys, so it's a bit sad at this point that we're still yet to get my Oscar Isaacs in Hot Toy form. So I'm still here waiting, Hot Toys Sideshow. That's odd. I didn't even realize they didn't do Poe. I just would have assumed. Yeah. He's got his own comic book series. He had more black series figures than anyone else, but no Hot Toy love. Just no. You've got the jacket done with Finn. It's close. Just. But yeah, that's my first world problem. Chris, what about you? I know you ordered the Yoda, but did you get anything actually shipped this year? <laughs> no, the only hot toy I went on was the Yoda, and like you, I'm going to be waiting for that into what seems to be late spring, early summer at this point. On hot toys, I did the uh, K2SO. Uh, obviously, it just got uh, pre-ordered here this last week, so it's not going to ship out for a while. Um, General Giant, I've kind of slowed down. They they've kind of slowed down as well. Um, splitting off, doing some Rogue One things, some Force Awakens items, but uh, kind of held back there. Other than some of their sales that they've been doing to get rid of some of their old stock. So, um, other than that, high end. Other than my car, my Nissan. Uh, that'll be it. Yeah, General Giant. I picked up. 
They're exclusives. I signed up for the Premier Guild, and I got the Emperor, and I got the Holiday BB-8, and I got the McChewy, and I got the Chrome Phasma, but for their regular releases, their prices have gone so high. And again, my money is split so many different directions with Figyarts, and those are some gorgeous figures coming out this year from SH Figyarts and all of that, that I just don't see the value in a six-scale bust when I could get a six-scale hot toy. I think you nailed it there, Arnie. There, there's a new player on the block that is taking focus and money away from some of the older, long-time companies like Gentle Giant. And I think, for me, that's Figuarts. Like, they, they keep coming out with... I, you can't call them waves, but they kind of show them in groups as they get ready to produce them. But a lot of my money has been going to anything armored that they're showing over there. And, you know, at... 60 70 80 dollars and up that's that's the price of a bus you know that you could get from general giant i was gonna say another product from bandai is the movie realization samurai line so i you know i can't believe i forgot that but i have actually collected those um and actually have the darth vader the original which they went back and redid uh on its way to me but i've kept up with those this year and i'm still loving it i have the uh the, and I can't remember what they're calling but the Stormtrooper Archer, I have that one on pre-order, which is supposed to ship in May. That line has really got me hooked. Now that, that was what I was going to um, bring up is, have they slowed down on that? I know there's the Archer still to come, but I haven't heard anything from that line in a while, uh, whether there's new stuff on the horizon or there, because they're still doing it for other lines, but uh, yeah, Star Wars has been quiet. I heard they were getting ready to do some human figures was what they were talking about. I'm not too thrilled about that idea because I don't think it works. I think the armored figures work better for that. But that was just a rumbling that I had heard. But I haven't seen anything outside the Archer. The um, other one I thought had a very good year but unfortunately overshadowed by Hot Toys was uh, some of the sideshow ones like the uh, X-Wing Luke uh, that came out was fantastic and the TIE Pilot, they did some... Really wonderful job um, stepping up their game over at the actual Sideshow 112th as well. I don't know that I can totally agree. I mean, sometimes I'm surprised Sideshow's still making them. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's really as if the Thunder's been completely stolen, and I don't know anyone who still buys them. Does anyone here buy the Sideshow 12-inch? Did you, Eddie? You're championing them. Did you buy them? I... Don't I um have seen them? Like I actually think the X-wing uh, Luke, uh, who I have messed around with in person, I think you can put him in your Hot Toys collection, and people wouldn't be able to tell the difference. But uh, Scotty over on my car still uh, buys a fair few of them, and you're right, they're they're nowhere near Hot Toys, and unfortunately the price on them is getting higher. That they're more and more comparable to Hot Toys. So if you're going to go one way or another, but uh, there have been some of the recent ones. I think they are trying to step up uh, their game and try and match that Hot Toys quality, which is weird because Hot Toys get distributed through them, so it's this uh, weird connection one. But uh, comparing the stuff they've done this year to the things of even just a couple of years recently previous, um, I do have to give them credit for trying to step up, even if they're not all the way there yet. Yeah, the Bosk is definitely an upgrade in that line, but you say the prices are going up. Yes, Sideshow is charging more, but if you go to eBay for those figures you missed, with the exception of the 
Hot Toys, Sideshow, Combo, Bespin, Luke, the prices are plummeting. I mean, people are just taking their Sideshow 12-inch figures by the dumpster load to eBay because they're replacing them with Hot Toys. So, And I'm not saying this out of any schadenfreude, but while I think every time a 12-inch figure comes out from Sideshow, I'm always a little bit more like, okay, they're getting us some more obscure characters because they've been doing it longer. We can get things from them, whereas... Hot Toys is still pretty much making stuff for the newest movie and every so often these days, a little original trilogy stuff. Well, and one other thing, too, is like whenever Sideshow announces that they're coming out with uh, a new six scale figure, I I think, OK, like, for instance, when when they did uh, the R2-D2, I think it was last year, I really, really liked how that looked and I liked the hollow table, the table with the hologram on it. And I, I just, it, it all looked really, really good. And I almost purchased it, but then I thought, but then in a couple of years, two, three years, hot toys is probably going to come out with one. And I'd rather have a hot toy that matches the rest of my hot toy collection than have a bunch of hot toys and a sideshow R2D2. Or would I then buy a second R2D2 that's a hot toy and, so I think that there that the fact that Sideshow is also distributing hot toys is really kind of an interesting relationship. I know that uh, Arnie, you've asked him in the past if there's you know if, if it's changed if them distributing hot toys has changed their business model at all, and they say, well, no, we really you know they give the PR line of they really appreciate the the relationship that they have with with hot toys, and if anything, it's driven them to do better and all that. But I I feel like they're announcing a lot less. I think that people are also buying a lot less because they know that Hot Toys is going to come out with that figure down the road. I did buy a couple of their things. I did buy the Comic-Con exclusive Bare Metal R2. And I almost forgot, speaking of the plummeting prices, I scored a hell of a deal. I finally got the six-scale Jabba's Throne. Remember that set from way back when, the (laughs) dais? Oh, yeah, with all the little pillows. Mm Mm-hmm. That thing was crazy expensive for a while, but we were at a toy store in Chicago and I got it cash and carry 300. I won that from a podcast a bunch of years ago. What's oh, it? Star Wars Action News. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid scavenger hunt. <laughs> I remember that. I won a lightsaber from that. <laughs> that was a fun contest a long time ago, but yeah. We gave away stuff that I've always wanted, and I've had the Jabba. I didn't get the exclusive Jabba. They had that for sale for another 300 I didn't want to pay 300 for a chalice. That breaks for most people. But I've always wanted that throne, so I could have Jabba, the throne, and the Han and Carbonite there, the sideshow stuff. And thank you, Hot Toys, for making that affordable for me. <laughs> but Andrew, I'm going to turn to you and put the scope right on you. Hot Toys this year, what's it been like? You have all of it. Except, did you finally break down and order that Death Trooper? Okay, so as of this recording, I have not ordered the standard bare bones Death Trooper. Not you know, I, I, I've I've ordered two of the specialists because I and I almost hate myself for doing it because I feel like Hot Toys kind of stabbed me in the back on that one um, because you know they they came out with the regular edition of the Death Trooper specialist um, and then well like just. A month ago, they then said, oh, hey, by the way, now that you've already put down a non-refundable deposit, we're also going to do a deluxe version. Ha ha. And so I was a little upset with that. But 
I went back and I looked at the trailer for Rogue One when those Death Trooper specialists are coming in, and there are more than one Death Trooper specialist, so I was able to rationalize with myself that I needed two Death Trooper specialists. I have uh, counted on multiple viewing. There's two specialists and then four uh, regular without the pauldron. Thank you. Thank you for making me feel a lot better. Yeah. Uh, However, I have not yet ordered just the regular Death Trooper. Um, Part of me is thinking that there's going to be like a Krennic Death Trooper 2 pack or something, much along the same lines that they did with some of their Force Awakens troopers where they would come out with, with two packs. But other than that, it's been a year of The Force Awakens. Uh, almost all of the hot toys that have shown up on my doorstep this year have been from The Force Awakens. And Arnie, you've seen a couple of them um, when you came over to do the, the great hot toys unboxing party. But I, I think that the the standout is definitely the Ray and BB-8. The BB-8 is awesome because it's got light-up features, and I'm a sucker for light-up features. And uh, the other one was kind of a surprise. It was the Flame Trooper. And that's mainly because the flame effect that you can attach to the end of his flamethrower looks really awesome. It's incredible. It's huge. And I thought when I put it on, it was going to tip over my flame trooper because it's so long and so big and bulky. But thankfully, there's good enough center of balance. And I, of course, have him on a figure stand, so he's not going to topple over. But he was he was a surprise. I will say that the uh, TIE fighter pilot is incredibly boring. Uh, I was really disappointed in, in that. Um, I think he would look great in a TIE fighter. But standing by himself, it's he's really just a dude in a jumpsuit. Uh, and there's really nothing to him other than that. I, I will say I'm not going to buy a Hot Toys TIE Fighter if they ever were to come out with one to scale. Are you uh, sure? Or are you I'm, no, I'm positive. I'm positive. I, th- I would have no idea where I would even put that other than, you know, replace it, replace my car in the garage with it. Um, you get a piece of clear, thick plastic to put it on top and make it into a coffee table. That's, I, I reckon that would work. I think that would probably still be a really tall coffee table. It's <laughs> only about three, three and a half feet tall. I mean, it's not car size. Right, but it's not, it's not coffee table size either. But yeah, so uh, overall, pretty good. Um, there was a, a lot of figures that, that uh, came out on pre-order for... Rogue One, of course. Um, the one that I'm looking forward to the most is K2SO. I think he looks really, really cool. Um, and, of course, the Death Trooper. You know, Arnie, you reviewed that on a previous show, and I haven't gotten mine yet, so I'm a little jealous. But I was I was uh, encouraged by your review, and uh, I'm looking forward to, to getting that one and turning on those light-up features. Oh, he's right here next to me, and he's so pretty. <laughs> it's the only light-up feature I've ever liked on a Hot Toys. And that includes Iron Man. I always find those to be a little frustrating with the switches. But the fact that you removed the dome off his head with a magnet, best they've ever done. Talking yeah. about pretty, did you order the porcelain pattern Stormtrooper, Andrew? I did! I won't say that I love it. I think that it's really well done. It, re- it reminds me of the china that w- you would find in my grandma's china cabinet. 
just just to interject, that's a reason that I think most of us wouldn't buy it. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> it's so quirky. It's so strange. I, I I love that it's so strange, and that the detail, the paint on it, looks incredible. So yeah, I pre-ordered it, and I'm not ashamed to say it. No. Nice kudos. I think it looks foxy. Yeah. I've gone on the record because, as people know, I'm not all in on the Star Wars ones I do cherry pick, but I am all in on the Marvel Hot Toys. And if they came out with an Iron Man porcelain pattern, I would no longer be all in on the Marvel Hot Toys. <laughs> but it fit, it'll fit right in with the copper Stormtrooper and the gold Stormtrooper. You know, those aren't screen accurate at all. I think they're just, you know, they're showpieces. It is almost like someone's just going around their kitchen looking for stormtrooper ideas. <laughs> copper teapot. This does and seem like a late Friday afternoon. Right, <laughs> Johnson? What you come up with? Oh crap! Um, doily stormtrooper. <laughs> I know. You say it's going to be a nice, unique gallery of stormtroopers that were never in the movies, and yes, I kind of agree. But I mean, you could almost label it the cash grab collection. Work, I, the paint is gorgeous, but what work are they putting into it? I mean, other they're painting it. It's this, we have this mold. My complaint with Hot Toys, the reason I'm not all in on Star Wars Hot Toys, is I thought they abused their repack license right out of the gate with Stormtroopers. Coming out with Space Troopers and Sand Troopers of all types and Stormtroopers and Stormtroopers of different heights. And yeah, this, this is the one area where I look at it and I'm like, ooh, boy. But then again, not everybody agrees with my collecting either. So I, I respect I respect your purchase. I just don't respect Hot Toys for making it. Just wait till you see it in the display case at my house, and then you'll be kicking yourself because you'll think, oh, Andrew was right. I guess I'm just missing the impetus of it. Is there something I'm missing as far as, like, there's a crossover between porcelain pattern collectors and Star Wars collectors, or is this something historical that they're going after. I just, I don't understand this particular crossover. I think it's a Japanese pattern, I believe is what Mm. the, the uh, description of it was talking about. So that's, that's where it comes in from. I think Justin's comment there just summed it up for me. Huh? I do like that. It homages like the um, chopstick designs that went with it on the blasters. And it even has the little red logo that you'd see at the bottom of the bowl there for the Imperial trooper. So if you did grow up uh, in a house with those pattern designs, there are a whole bunch of Easter eggs in the patterns themselves. But of course I won't get that until sometime in 2017. So tune in this time next year to find out if it was worth it. I hope you do a segment on it ahead of time. I can already see the cover art. See, I can't wait for like 21,017 when there's like their version of the Antiques Roadshow and someone brings that up and the expert has to explain it to the TV camera on what rare piece it was and how it was made. It's worth 20 million (laughs) rubles now. Yeah. (laughs) Get five laser crabs for it. I Uh, I really enjoyed the Boba Fett that came out this year. That's, That's a nice piece and... The base that it comes with is a nice sarlacc piece with the the tentacles that you can somewhat mold into position. But as far as Hot Toys goes, you know, this one is pretty darn awesome. You get all the little bits and bobs you'd expect with the Boba Fett. 
and it just looks great. Of all the hot toys that have come out, the one I've come closest to buying but didn't was when Andrew brought his quarter-scale Boba Fett here on the skiff. That it's so is pretty. Go- oh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> I've got it set up now uh, in, in our basement, and my four-year-old daughter came downstairs after nap time after I'd put it up, and she rounded the corner and saw it, and she goes, oh, whoa, that's Boba Fett. I was like, yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> You're doing something right over there, man. <laughs> Well, to finish off collecting for this episode, we're going to throw it over to Brock and Nathan because there have been a lot of just the story group, the new canon of books and comic books and all other stuff. And they're going to say what the highlights and lowlights were this year. Hello, everybody. This is Brock, Star Wars Action News Book Club liaison. And with me today is, well, why don't you introduce yourself, sir? Hey folks, I am Nathan P. Butler. I am the creator-compiler of the Star Wars Timeline Gold over at StarWarsFanWorks.com slash Timeline, the most comprehensive Star Wars chronology available anywhere. 3,000 plus pages now. I also do podcasting with Mark Herleman for Star Wars Beyond the Films and with Michael Morris for Cloud City Casino over at StarWarsReport.com. And yeah, now I'm doing a whole lot of video content for YouTube, which is kind of my new thing over at uh, youtube.com slash user slash chrono radio. So a little bit of everywhere, but you probably know me for spending time with Brock with Republic Forces Radio Network back in the day. Oh my goodness. And the book club. Where's the book club? I don't, I don't even know. (laughs) Why? Why would you say that? Why? (laughs) It's 10 years ago we started that book club and I'm going to cling to my title till they take it from my dead sweaty hand. The fun thing about your video series is you go through exhaustive, every kind of combination of covers for home video releases of the trilogies, and remarkable that you collect all that stuff, but it's uh, quite impressive that you do so at the same time. Thank you, thank you. I'm hoping to put together a book on it sometime in the near future when I get a chance to settle in and do so. I feel like I'm at that point where I know enough now to do it, but I'm sure there's plenty that I'm going to learn along the way. Well, that's great, because if you ever do do a book on that, we can actually talk about it on a year in review and publishing, which is what we're here to do today. That's called a segue, folks. So we're going to go through what's new in 2016 for novels, comics, I guess I would call it nonfiction, you know, the reference books, anything else we feel like talking about that was published. We're going to give you a general highlight of all different kinds of things that came out this year, mention a few of our favorites, and perhaps shed some light upon some different things that you didn't know about. So I always like to start with my favorite part of Star Wars publishing, Star Wars novels. And remarkably, this year was kind of a slower year for novels. We only had a handful. Did you read all of them this year, Nathan? Yes, I did. We have them coming from Del Rey and Disney Lucasfilm Press, so it's an it's an interesting eclectic mix of age groups, but I read them all. <laughs> I actually did not read most of the young adult novels. I did read Ahsoka. We read it for the show. I did a review. You can find it in the archives section at SWActionNews.com. Very happy I read that one. The year started off with, technically speaking, released at the end of the year, but the novel arrived after the first of the year for us to review, The Force Awakens. But then we had to wait all the way till May to get Bloodline, that Princess Leia novel. After that was the second Aftermath novel, Life Debt. Ahsoka came after that. And then Catalyst, which my review is running on YouTube and also on Star Wars Action News' Rogue One episode. Nathan, did you listen to all the audios of those, or do you only read the novels? I only read them at this point. So I don't get a chance to hear some of those great, like, Jonathan Davis-type voice, almost voice acting that he does, but... uh... Yeah, he's good. And the reader for Ahsoka was Ashley Eckstein, which was Mm -hmm. a great choice, by the way. So if you have a chance to listen to that, I highly advise it. So real quick, of all the novels that came out... By the way, did I miss one? 
No, as far as adult novels and even, you know, the the sort of teenage-aimed ones, no, it's pretty much it. Anything left is kitty stuff. Yeah, kitty like stuff. Like Finn's story, Ray's story, that kind of kitty stuff. Which I'm reading to my kids, and, you know, we get them well, in the library. Go. Yeah, but I'm not... <laughs> we'll be here all day if we talk about mm-hmm. all of those. My favorite one of all these novels, it's a tough one between Bloodline and Ahsoka for me. I really liked both of those, both about Star Wars females. Bloodline was a good story and a good Princess Leia characterization. And Ahsoka, too, really filled in some blanks that I didn't think I needed filled in. But those are two of the highlights for me. Which one was your favorite? I would say Bloodline. Uh, I am a social studies teacher by trade, so anything political and with historical parallels is sort of all in my wheelhouse. And to see a story that gets into that with Star Wars is kind of an unusual thing, at least to the depth that this one did. I mean, talking about the populace, the centrists, and all that kind of stuff to eventually get to a point where they're also giving you background on Force Awakens, you know, what's going on with Leia and Han at this point, is kind of giving us a sense of when certain things must happen, because it must be between that book and The Force Awakens, finding out more about the beginnings of the First Order. So it was filling in continuity and political, so it had to be Bloodline for me this year. And it was Claudia Gray, and she rocked it with Lost Stars, so to see her take an adult novel and do just as well, I was I was very impressed by Bloodline. And On your recommendation, I actually sought out Lost Stars because I liked Bloodline so much. You had told me I should read Lost Stars. I didn't listen to you at the time. And I was so happy I went back to read it because it was quite a good read, very fast, very fun, actually. A good way to tour the Star Wars original trilogy in a different way. So very happy I got a chance to read that. Thank you, sir, for that recommendation. Let's move on to nonfiction books. I call them nonfiction, basically reference books. And one of the books we reviewed this year with Jerry was the volume two in the Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, the original Topps trading card series. A lot of fun. It basically takes all the Star Wars Topps cards from the 80s, this time The Empire Strikes Back, and gives you a comprehensive book of all those fronts and backs and a little bit of trivia along the way. They also did the Star Wars Galaxy, original Topps trading card series, the first series for Star Wars Galaxy. I did not pick that one up. I have those cards, and the same nostalgia factor wasn't there. Did you pick up either one of those titles, Nathan? No, I tend to steer clear of the memorabilia stuff most of the time, just because it's it's just not something that's ever been in my wheelhouse as far as those go. I don't collect the <laughs> cards, so I wouldn't have as much enjoyment, I think, out of those particular books. Well, speaking of that, then, did you buy the collections of the Best of the Star Wars Insider? I think four of those came out this year. I did not, because I've been a subscriber to Insider for long enough that the bulk of what I'd be seeing in there I've got. Although, anytime I'm in the bookstore, I am perusing them to make sure they haven't slipped in anything new. Because every once in a while, like on those year specials, it was, yeah, it's the best of, and here's a new story in here. So I'm always keeping an eye out for that sort of thing. Even musicians, when they have a greatest hits album, always put one or two new songs in there Mm -hmm. to get radio play or just to make you buy a new album that you already own most of the used cars on, as Billy Joel would say. What else did I miss in nonfiction? Oh, that propaganda book you mentioned earlier. Yep, propaganda is one. It's sort of an in-universe look at propaganda art, but in doing so, it's got all these cool little art pieces that various Star Wars artists have made, and it includes some prints of some of them, so you get a chance to frame them if you want to. So we have propaganda, which was a good one. Uh, We had an updated and expanded version of the character encyclopedia, which actually was updated, expanded, and cut a bunch of characters from the previous edition, so kind of (laughs) reduced, updated, and expanded. 
Star Wars graphics, there was uh, a new edition of the complete locations. The one that really stood out to me, uh, until we got to the Rogue One stuff, obviously Rogue One kind of is its own little thing here, but I would say the one that stood out to me is one that's been a favorite every time they've released it, which is Star Wars Year by Year. They did a new updated and expanded edition, not to be confused with the updated edition a few years ago. I just love all those types of books, the Batman ones, the Marvel ones, um, where it goes year to year to year with the highlights of all the things happening, and now we've got one that brings it all the way up to basically the middle to the end of last year and dipping a little bit into what was to be expected coming up this year. So it's nice to see them continuing to update that, although they run the risk of, you know, people getting tired of buying the same book over and over again. They can't do updates too often, but it's been a few years, so this one was a welcome one for me. Yeah, I actually had the original one, and I love it. I never picked up an updated version because of what you just said, but there's no matter what I do, it's always going to be outdated, right? So mm -hmm. eventually I'll probably pick up one of the updates on a super sale or something, but did they do a visual guide yet for Rogue One? I didn't see yes. one in the store yet. Uh, it they re did. released on the same day as the film. Okay. It's actually a pretty good setup. They've done some new things with it. You've got pages that give you, for instance, the names of all the different rebel pilots, the different Imperials on the bases and whatnot, and uh, looking at the technology. And some of the technological ones go into sort of a cross-section type look. It's not as detailed as one of the complete cross-sections books is, but they go into it a little bit, so you got a nice hybrid there. And they've taken two on the main characters when they do, you know, there'll be like a two-page spread, one page being just basic information and the other page being usually a bigger image of them with a lot of specific points like on their costume pointed out. This one actually has a little box on many of the main characters that's basically a personal timeline of that character's life, which is a really cool way to sort of see how they intersect with the other characters and keep stuff straight if you're reading something like Catalyst. Right, right, right. Interesting. I actually will pick that up as soon as I can. The visual guides, again, great to do with the kids, but also for me, I kind of enjoy the background material. There is one more I'd mention. It is an unofficial book. It's the second in a series of three books coming out by Sequart Organization, or the Sequential Art Organization, that are basically essay collections about Star Wars. Last year, they had a long time ago exploring the Star Wars cinematic universe. This year, they have a galaxy far, far away exploring Star Wars comics. I've been fortunate enough to have an essay in each of these two, and then when the last one comes out next year, A More Civilized Age, which will look at the Star Wars books, I'll actually have an after Afterward that is opposite of Forward by Timothy Zahn. But the second volume, that one came out this year, and I've been very impressed. It's a lot more scholarly than I expected, because, like, they're going to ask me. I mean, seriously, how scholarly can it be? <laughs> but it really, it can't be comprehensive because there are so many comics out there, but it really takes a look at different slices of Star Wars comics over the years to get a sense of how it's developed, how it's influenced other genres and things like that. It's good. And I haven't seen a lot of Star Wars books take on that tack. There's a lot of, you know, Star Wars and philosophy or uh, Star Wars and religion type books. And there's, you know, politics in Star Wars, uh, history in Star Wars. But when it comes to actually looking at the franchise itself from sort of a critical point of view that doesn't just look at the films, but looks at a little bit of everything, it's kind of in short supply. I'm very surprised at that. And this is filling that niche. It's edited by Rich Hanley, who's contributed to Star Wars before, and Joseph Baronado, uh, if you're out there looking for it. And where would one buy that book, Nathan? Easiest and fastest is probably Amazon. I know bookstores can get it, but Amazon. Okay, great. So if you use the referral link on SWActionNews.com, you can help the show while you're purchasing a book. Speaking of comics, I know that's near and dear to your heart. Mm -hmm. We had quite a great many series this year. The ongoing series, of course, of Star Wars. And the Poe Dameron series started in April. And a brand new one started in December. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this correctly. Dr. Aphra? Mm -hmm. Now, what is that one about? I, have, I haven't even read an issue of that one yet. 
So, in the Darth Vader series, they introduce this character of Dr. Aphra, who is basically, think, what if Indiana Jones was in the Star Wars universe, except, instead of being in it for, you know, it belongs in a museum, is really just in it for money. So, basically, fortune and glory is what Indiana Jones would say. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just in it for the thrill of it. She's someone who Vader manipulated into helping him in the pages of Darth Vader, and she's the one who's like, like, oh my god, he's possibly gonna kill me when this happens if something goes wrong. Best job ever! She's nuts. But she's hilarious. I guess I'm behind on my Darth Vader reading because I don't remember that character at all. I have the comics, but I don't remember her at all. She was introduced in the first arc and then just kind of disappeared because they had her doing her own little side missions. So she'd show up but wasn't a major focus. And now that everything's wrapped up with the Darth Vader series, the, instead of letting the character just kind of fade away, they've passed her off into her own series, which has so far had at least a little bit of mention of Sana Solo or Sana Staros from the ongoing series. Yeah. So there's a little bit of interplay between the two still, even though Aphra's off now with her own series instead of still sitting around in Vader. Well, I'm definitely going to check that out then because I love Indiana Jones as well as Star Wars. And in this 2016 calendar year, uh, quite a few comics ended. The Kanan series ended. The Darth Vader series we just mentioned ended. Obi-Wan and Anakin ended. They did a Force Awakens miniseries in June. It just finished in November, I think. And the Han Solo miniseries ended. That Phantom mm -hmm. Limb finally came out, I think, in April. That was the C-3PO story about that red arm. And they did an annual actually. The second annual for the main series, yeah. They didn't do an annual for Darth Vader, even though they could have. And they came out with, I'm guessing, like half a dozen trade paperbacks of all these series if you wanted to catch up, if you don't buy individual issues. I tend to not buy that many individual issues, although I do have digitals. I tend to like to buy the trade paperbacks. I think I've mentioned this on the show before because it looks great in the shelf and you can read them over and over again without having to worry about pages falling out. So it's uh, my preference. Of all these comics, which series do you look forward to the most when it comes out on a monthly basis? Right now, I'm actually leaning toward Dr. Afra, but it's only one issue in. Beyond that, I would probably say Poe Dameron, because the Poe Dameron series feels very much like it's building towards The Force Awakens. It's sort of bridging that gap between before The Awakening's Poe story and the movie. Uh, it's giving us reasons for things like, why is it that Kanji Club and the Guavian Death Gang both show up at the Aravana at the exact same time, somehow together kind of stuff that's done in even just little asides. So that one's been fun. I'm not as big a fan of the art, but I like the storytelling in that one. I've been concerned this year with Marvel just because it felt like it was quantity over quality to some degree. And a what I call the dude version or the, the hey dude version of storytelling. Like, hey dude, you know what would be cool? A stormtrooper with a lightsaber, like the old uh, uh, concept art. And you know what, dude? It could be the guy from Nar Shadda because, you know, he used a lightsaber and he was an Imperial. And, oh, dude, I saw this Bad Batch episode <laughs> set of the unfinished Clone War stuff. We could totally make a squad like them of out of stormtroopers. It'd be so cool. It's like they're focused on what works great as clickbait right. and to build hype more than what's going to work best for the story. And it seems like sometimes they don't know what they're doing with the story as long as they've got their elements in it. I felt like this was the year that if any publisher or any group dropped the ball, kind of was Marvel. They put out some some solid stuff, but then some of it was just kind of, yeah. So Poe Dameron rises, Dr. Aphra rises, the other stuff? I don't know, it was just, it's been a weird year for Star Wars comics, it seems. And it looks like the Rebels ones are even possibly coming to an end because... The Rebels magazine that has the comics in it, we keep reprinting from the UK, who reprints from Germany, but the UK one just ended. So without the middleman, there's a question as to whether those are even going this. It's, it's a really, really weird comic year. 
And Phantom Limb. Wow, boy, was that not worth the wait. Yeah, I I didn't bother picking that up. The idea of the story, I don't really need that one. You could play the story if you got Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens. You could just play the exact same story because they did literally adapt that comic into a DLC mission. How crazy is that? It's very crazy. Why don't you continue a little bit on video games? And It is a mm-hmm. publishing, so Lego The Force Awakens came out this year. I know a couple mm-hmm. of apps came out this year, right? But nothing big as last year's. Uh, well, we had Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, which had all of its DLCs come out. So all the downloadable content came out this year. Uh, the add-on missions, the character packs and such. The Old Republic got Knights of the Eternal Throne, which is the next big expansion of that. One of the few ways that the Legends continuity is still expanding. We learned that Uprising was ending. And it did. We learned that Disney Infinity was ending. And it did. And it did. Yeah. Um, but really, the biggest thing I would say out of this year in Star Wars games outside of LEGO Star Wars The Force Awakens and even kind of beyond it because that's more of a... I mean, it's a broader audience, but it's not the hardcore gamer audience, was that Battlefront was expanded with basically five add-ons this year. You had Outer Rim, Bespin, Death Star, Rogue One, Scarif that just released, and alongside Scarif, if you play on PlayStation 4, the Rogue One X-Wing VR mission was released, where you basically play as X-Wing pilots guarding the U-Wing that's carrying certain characters at a certain point in the film on their way to Yavin 4. So it's been a year where it's almost like, in a lot of ways, the biggest hype has been Battlefront and its DLCs, but that's just sort of on the coattails of the biggest game of last year for Star Wars. Right, exactly my point. It wasn't a huge video game year for Star Wars. Outside of the video games, which were fairly light this year, we also had, of course, a lot of tabletop games, Fantasy Flight games putting out a lot of stuff as... They're kind of in the pattern of doing at this point. We saw uh, some new material released for all of their mainstay games. The Star Wars Living Card Game, or LCG, got uh, quite a few new Force Packs and one big new expansion called Galactic Ambitions. Uh, they got a playmat, finally. We saw the Rebellion game, which is kind of a almost a risk strategy type game, finally released that had been hyped for quite a while. Uh, Imperial Alliance, which is a miniatures game with the characters on the ground, so to speak, got quite a few new additions, including the Bespin Gambit, which is a whole new scenario for them. The Star Wars Armada game got a few new additions, though really not many, just four small expansions, and probably the biggest hit... From a miniatures game standpoint for Fantasy Flight games, the X-Wing game got a ton of new ships, uh, including ones that more blur the line between that continuity or whatever they're trying to do with it with what's happening in The Force Awakens and even some new releases that tie in with ships from Rogue One. Meanwhile, their RPG lines, Edge of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, and Force and Destiny, still going strong, but the odd thing this year, I guess, probably the strangest thing done by Fantasy Flight Games this year was they put out a beginner game, an RPG beginner game for The Force Awakens. And generally what happens is they'll put out a beginner game for one of their new RPG lines, then put out a core rulebook and then tons of supplements to expand upon that. And the the beginner game is just sort of a, here's how to learn the rules, here's your dice so you don't have to buy a separate set, that sort of thing. But it's all meant to be a starting point that you just build upon. Well, all three of their main gaming lines are all set within the era of the original trilogy. And then they put out this beginner game for The Force Awakens and absolutely no follow-up. It's not meant to have anything connected to it. So everything else is in one era. Then this game is like, hey, get into playing Star Wars RPG in the era of The Force Awakens. Check it out. <laughs> now, if you want to keep playing, you got to either adapt everything yourself or you got to play 30 years earlier. <laughs> Which was just a weird option. Very much grabbing on the popularity of The Force Awakens and running with it rather than creating a new line of products, which is what this seemed to signal at the time. Okay. (laughs) 
So looking ahead into 2017, I will be reading the Rogue One, a Star Wars story novelization. Technically speaking, it was released late December, but I have not had a chance to read it as of this recording. So you'll hear my review of that in early 2017 here on Star Wars Action News. We have the third Aftermath novel coming out. This one's called Aftermath... It's called Empire's End. It's aping that uh, title from a comic book series back in that day. It wasn't that when Mary Jade and Luke Skywalker got married? No, that was Union. Your Empire's End was the really, really oh, ugly right. art. The Dark Empire. Uh, Dark, Dark Empire. Empire End with right. two issues instead of six, yeah. As far as other novels coming out in 2017 is Thrawn. Timothy Zahn coming back into the new EU, the new continuity with Thrawn, who of course has been on Rebels all this past season. And I'm looking forward to that novel greatly. I'm hoping in this continuity, he lives longer than three novels. We'll see what happens with it and what they do. Do you have any idea what exactly the plot of Thrawn is going to be, Nathan? I'm told that it's basically his, essentially his ascension through his career, that it's supposed to be very similar to what we saw with something like Tarkin. Right, yeah, that's what I thought too. And mm -hmm. this kind of gives him a chance to literally rewrite history, right? Because even though he may have had this idea before, now he has a chance to take this character, and if they keep him alive go on forever. I mean, it's really a wonderful opportunity for someone like Timothy Zahn to have a character like this come back to life, so to speak. Oh, yeah. And then it's only a matter of time before Mara Jade comes back. I, and I think that's wonderful. I think fans would love to have that happen. Yeah, I think that in a sense, uh, and it's the same kind of, in a lot of ways, the opportunity that Rogue One presented, really, right? It's There was a way of telling stories back then that was sort of out of order as stories were pitched, and you wound up with things being sort of pieced together, like Thrawn's backstory came in, short stories in, things like the Adventure Journal. We got him showing up in things like Choices of One. But it was sort of a, here's his story, here's the important part. Now, because we love the character, let's put him in all these other things, and it made for sort of a haphazard way of learning about him. Very much like missions to steal the Death Star plans. Everybody wanted to tell those stories, so there were so many of them. But with Rogue One, they were able to streamline and say, this is the one, and we're going to focus on this and give you the whole story between that and Catalyst all at once for the Death Star. Now, Zahn can theoretically do the same thing for Thrawn and say, here is his career, the breadth and scope. We're not going to do it in chunks this time. Now you get the whole deal all at once, and this is the quote-unquote real version. Right. I know my kids are looking forward to, I know we haven't talked a lot about kid novels, but in 2017, they're looking forward to having read-along storybooks of the prequel trilogy. And uh, what else is coming out? Anything else that we should mention? From a book standpoint, I think you've hit the highlights. Yeah. I think that with Marvel, it seems like it's sort of keeping up what they're doing. There doesn't seem to be a lot of things to expect that really are building much hype right now. But on the gaming side of things, the big hype at the moment is that Battlefront 2 is going to hit next year, and apparently Battlefront 2 will do the one big thing that many people complained about with Battlefront 1, or the reboot Battlefront 1, is that it is going to include a story of some kind. So we'll finally get to see what happens when something that's not Lego is a Star Wars console big-name video game trying to tell a story and how, if at all, they'll work that into the new continuity. Because so far, it's been that fast and loose, we're going to make it an authentic Star Wars experience, but not necessarily fit one continuity or another, whether it's a board game, video game, whatever. Now they're going to be telling a story. They're, there's going to be the clamor of, tell us, where does it fit? And if they just say, well, it, it kind of fits in. I will quote Rogue One at them and say that I, I find that answer vague and unconvincing. <laughs> I was trying to coax you a little bit. I'll answer my own question. With 2017 being the 40th anniversary of Star Wars, we're going to be seeing some re-releases of the novels and some new kid versions of those novels as well. Again, we've seen those fairly recently, actually. 
I don't see it as being a big a push as they did for the 30th anniversary, Mm -mm. probably because they have all this new content they're doing, like Episode Eight. Star Wars is now no longer having to worry about focusing on the past. They can look at the past, but they can focus on the future with all this new material and stuff coming. So there will be something to mark the 40th anniversary, but I have not seen it announced yet besides just the republishing of the New Hope novelization. So we'll see what happens. I'm hoping for something, but with the making of Star Wars coming out with the 30th anniversary, that J.W. Rinsler book, and they did the same thing for the 30th anniversary of the other two original trilogy books, I don't know how you're going to top that anyway. Maybe they'll figure something out. If they do, they do. If they don't, we'll all have a good time on the 25th of May. Yeah, I know that Marvel will be doing special alternate variant covers to celebrate, but... Wow, that's new for them. They've never done that before. Yeah, no kidding. They've never done a hundred plus. For me, I mean, the big thing, it's not directly related to publishing, but I'm crossing my fingers. If we don't get an unaltered Blu-ray version of the films or get the 3D Blu-ray version of the prequels this year when it's the 40th anniversary of the franchise, although you and I are books people, right? The 40th anniversary is this year. The novelization of A New Hope came out in 76. But if they don't do something like that in the 40th anniversary year, I don't think the hope is there for having them do that anytime in the near future in the years to come either. So it's it's very much a hope. It's it's crossing the fingers, you know. A fandom is built on hope. It's exactly exactly. There's a new hope that we'll get it this year. Well, Nathan P. Butler, thank you so much for joining me again. I love doing these year in reviews with you. There is no one I'd rather do this with. You are just a wealth of knowledge and you know so much. And I appreciate you spending some time with us here on Star Wars Action News. Please, once again, tell people where they can find you in their various parts all over the internet so they can hear you talk about everything and anything Star Wars. All right. Uh, Well, if you are into Star Wars continuity stuff, the Star Wars Timeline Gold, the most comprehensive Star Wars chronology available anywhere at over 3,000 pages across five documents. The most comprehensive! The most! And that's no joke. I mean, it's it's freaking enormous. I can't believe it. Pablo Hidalgo was coming after you, man. Be careful. Hey, hey, Pablo has used it as a reference before. So <laughs> I, I'm like, yeah, baby. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, you can find that at StarWarsFanWorks.com slash timeline. If you want to hear me talk some uh, some more Star Wars continuity and books and comics and whatnot, I do Star Wars Beyond the Films with Mark Herleman at StarWarsReport.com. If you're interested in Star Wars gaming, I do Cloud City Casino with Michael Morris over at StarWarsReport.com. And then as far as if you're interested in things like reviews of the Fantasy Flight Games material as they're released, demo games of things uh, from the Star Wars Home Video Library, which is all about the different home video releases that Brock mentioned earlier, all that kind of stuff, that's all lumped into one place on that YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash user slash chrono, like chronology, radio, all as one word, uh, all over the place. And I appreciate you having me on, Brock. It's been a while since I've actually been able to calm things down and take part in Star Wars Action News. I love being part of these year-end reviews. And we love having you, Nathan. Thanks so much. So that's it for us. Now back to Arnie and Marjorie. Thank you, guys. All right, let's go around and just favorite purchase of the year. Chris, what was the favorite item you picked up? Well, I may have tipped my hand a little earlier uh, in the introduction, but as far as collectibles go, it definitely has to be, and it was picked up for me by Sarah for my 40th birthday, the Frank Oz autograph. Uh, That hands down. Uh, A close second, and this is probably Sarah's favorite of the year, would be the BB-8 Jack specific figure, the big figure. Yeah, we didn't talk about those much. We picked up that BB-8 as well. Other than Greedo, it is the only big fig I own. I only own, we own that one and the Yoda. Those are the only two we have. They're Space Hogs, but that BB-8 with the thumbs up lighter was kind of cute. Eddie, what about you? What was your best purchase? 
My favourite purchase of the year would have to be the Black Series K2SO. I just think that guy's like a shrunk-down hot toy and is absolutely amazing in the amount of detail and articulation they've crammed into that guy. I wasn't expecting anything much at him at all on Force Friday when I picked him up, but once I had him in hand, he's been one of my absolute favourite uh, purchases out of any line that I collect, not even just Star Wars of the year. So he was an easy pick for me. Steve. Right, I'm going to have to go K2SO as well, but I'm going to have to go Disney Elite K2SO, not Black Series. Um, it's got a real heft to the figure, um, being die cast and everything, and just well proportioned, but also decent uh, sort of head movement. It can go forward, sideways. Yeah, it's just a really good figure, man. Justin. Well, I just got done gushing about the Hot Toys Boba Fett here a little bit ago, and that that's probably way up there. And if it's not my favorite thing this year, I'll put it right on par with the SH Figure Arts Biker Scout and Speeder Bike that came out. And outside of it being, I feel like, overpriced because... You know, a, a figure arts figure is usually in the sixty to eighty dollar range, and then this one came with the speeder bike and the figure, and it retailed for like right around one eighty. Which I feel like now I'm spending a hundred bucks on this speeder bike, but if you can find this thing for under one hundred and fifty dollars, it is well worth it. It is one of the most detailed looks at a speeder bike that I have seen outside of, you know, at a con seeing props and stuff like that. And the figure itself is, you know, the great articulation and great looking sculpt that you come to expect from figure art. So I, I haven't heard a lot of people talking about that one this year, but it's it was a surprise favorite of mine. Daryl? Star Wars copy paper. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, I'm, I'm in with the uh, six inch, both the, the Black Series and the Disney Store. Um, I think the best figure of all, I do love the K2SO and the Black uh, the death troopers, but I think the Disney store, um, R five unit, I can't remember the exact call sign for it or whatever, but I think that was a great figure and it only came in the Disney store, uh, style. Hasbro didn't put one out. Andrew. While I do really love the Ray and BB eight set, um, I pre-ordered it last year, so I don't feel like it really counts. Uh, so I am instead going to talk about a gift that I was actually given uh, from my wife, and that's the uh, we didn't really talk about them the Kotobukiya artifacts line. Um, she got me the Captain Phasma and the First Order Stormtrooper two pack. I don't have that was the first of the artifacts line that I've ever gotten, and I really really like them. They look really sharp. Uh, I love the fact that they come with uh, different arms and legs so you can configure them in different ways. And I just, I was blown away by them when I got them. And I still think that they just look great sitting on the shelf. Yeah, I mentioned them in passing because that is where a lot of my high end money has gone with their exclusives, mostly at Barnes and Noble and at conventions. And yeah, we did an in-depth review of that Phasma, and she is a gorgeous, gorgeous piece with a little bit of weathering and the two-pack. And yeah, the upcoming Flame Trooper in that line is the toy I'm looking most forward to in 2017. I happen to know the little birdie that told your wife about those two. Really? Oh, hmm, wait, could it, that be? it was me. <laughs> yeah, she told me she had some help, so thank you for giving her the idea. That's okay, because I often seek help from others as well sometimes when I need 
advice in a pinch. So, And the little birdie who put the word in Marjorie's ear was me. Well, we were talking about what would make a really great gift. And honestly, Kodo is often overlooked. And they're making some great stuff. Their Artifacts stuff is good, but that Artifacts Plus line, so affordable, so many options. And yeah, the 3PO, R2, and BB-8 set is really up there in contention for me for my best purchase of the year. And so are so many of the SH figure arts. My problem is I just couldn't decide which one. That Phasma figure arts was so nice. Yeah, it was. Marjorie, you say what your best thing was of the year, and now I'm going to chew this over. Hmm. Well, I'm trying to think of all the different Star Wars things I've bought. I bought some really cool shirts. Like, I bought a shirt which has the opening crawl in silver or gold foil print that's really cool and sparkly. But I think, again, my favorite is the gift that I got, which is my Jar Jar, because one, I never thought I'd own one. And two, he looks really great in my study, which is painted red. It really brings out his Gungan skin. I'm so glad the life-size Jar Jar I bought you didn't lose out to a foil-stamped shirt. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to get really mad. (laughs) I think my favorite collectible of the year, it came from that exact same toy store where we bought that Jabba's Deus, and it's sitting right next to Jar Jar. That toy store somehow had one of the Target Display BB-8s, you know, the electronic ones. And I haven't had a chance to get in there and hook up some power to see if the electronics still work, but this one never actually got displayed. A store employee, as I understand the story, pilfered it, took it to this toy store and sold it, who then sold it to me for $300. And those that thing, to have a life-sized BB-8 in here, and to have it be the Target Display one, and... BB-8 has really grown on me and is my favorite character of The Force Awakens and the new trilogy so far. So I think that that is going to be my favorite purchase. And it, I think, is my biggest Star Wars purchase of the year as well. But looking at 2017, it feels underplayed. But this is the 40th anniversary of A New Hope, guys. Man, we're getting old. Yes, we are. Toy Fair is just a few weeks away, and there have been so many rumors in the wind, but I think that it would be a complete missed opportunity if we don't walk out of there finding out that there's going to be a return of the vintage card design. It may be five POA figures, but I bet we see a new line celebrating the whole saga on vintage cards. There might be riots if they don't announce that. I think everybody's <laughs> expecting them to do that, and that's the right move to make. I'm going to be cautiously optimistic, I, I, but yeah, they, they've they disappointed us in the past. I just hope they don't do it again for the 40th. I think without knowing or really have seen anything from episode eight yet, it's hard to get excited, but I know there's going to be a plethora of stuff next year, so... I'm sure there's things I'm going to be excited about. I just don't know what they actually are yet, except for I hope we finally get Hot Toys Poe. Without knowing what's coming, I'm also looking forward to getting Luke Jedi from The Force Awakens. Still waiting for that one. I know that Hasbro uh, didn't get a look at it, and so they've been working on it. But I'll be curious to see if we get to see that at Toy Fair. Mm. I've got a question for Steve. Last year on this show, you asked me... uh, what Lego sets I wanted to come out. Uh, I said I wanted some play sets from The Force Awakens. 
And Steve, you said something to me about a Taco Donna playset. And I said, nah, I don't think they would do that because, you know, it's just going to be a bunch of rebel. Well, lo and behold, later on that year, they came out with a Lego Taco Donna set. So, Steve, what is your prediction for Lego this year? I would like to predict a Jabba's sail barge Lego set. And somehow I think they're going to they're going to pike that one. They won't they won't go for that one. So I don't know. It's got to be some at Rogue One on it. I I wouldn't rule out 40th anniversary of New Hope. You wouldn't, or a, maybe a Tantive Four and tie the a two Tantive together. Four. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying I'd rule out Ooh. a sail barge, but you're saying something Rogue One. I'm saying they could, for their ultimate collector set, go big with something original from a New Hope. And what a Death Star swing to freedom playset sort of thing. Oh, like a, a, a larger scale, because you know they that was they did the Death Star playset this year. But you're talking about like just more of like a larger section rather than a bunch of little scenes. Maybe or yeah, maybe a larger trash compactor or a larger mm. Swing to Freedom set. Hmm. If they're gonna go Rogue One, maybe a Scarif Beach playset. Yeah, that'd be cool. I could see them doing a whole bunch of Rogue One stuff with. Did they do an ATACT Lego set? Not yet, but I'm sure it's coming. Yeah, I could see them doing like a beach set that accompanies the ATACT and an ATAT and all of that. Uh, maybe they could do a big radar dish playset. What I really want is my Admiral Akbar hot toys. Damn it. You may get Admiral Radis before you get Admiral Akbar. No. <laughs> Akbar. Akbar hot toys. What, what's the weight? What's the holdup? Well, they've it. only done Boba Fett's the only figure that they've done from Return of the Jedi so far, and they've only done uh, Yoda from Empire Strikes Back. Everything else has all been from A New Hope. So hopefully they'll start moving on to the rest of the original trilogy. I gotta say, Lando's a higher priority than Akbar for a lot of people. I'm sure we'll get him with the young Han Solo movie. That's true. I'm just trying to think what what six inch figures they could do this year that you know re- would represent characters from episode four, and I feel like we've got a good chunk of of those. You know, maybe a Tarkin would be yeah, good, yeah. Well, good time uh, it would look more realistic than the one in Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, Tuscan Raider, we're still missing. Oh yeah, but he's on his way. Yeah, he's That's coming down the pipe, isn't he? Yeah. I was maybe like a Biggs or a Wedge. Yeah. I'd actually people would um, won't won't be happy because I know we've gotten uh, there's a lot of people unhappy at the amount of looks we got. But I do want one with the uh, yellow ceremonial jacket as well in the six inch since he's heavily used in the Marvel comics. I, I made a custom of that one. That's a that's a good figure. I would I would like to see them do one as well. That screams exclusive. I can see them doing exclusive with all three ceremonial, Leia, Han, and Luke. Yeah. And give Chewie in there. I'm curious how much space these companies are going to have for the 40th anniversary of Star Wars, though, because we know what's coming out for the next few months, and it's Rogue One stuff. What's coming out after that, we're going to find out at Toy Fair, but we've got Episode Eight coming out this year, so... (laughs) How much room will they be able to devote? We're not in 2004, 2003, where they could do an entire vintage collection off the cuff while also tying into the latest movies. 
You're yeah, right. Episode Se- September eight stuff. 2017 will be episode eight stuff, surely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I kind of feel like that Obi Wan Princess Leia wave might actually already be our Black Series 40th anniversary. For I know it's starting to show up now, but has kind of that seems to have more of the elements in it that we were missing for the year. I just feel they they need to celebrate something of four decades of Star Wars, but. Yeah, trying to fit it in between Rogue One and Episode Eight is going to be the trick because I asked the Star Wars team very recently, summer is a dead time for us. There's not a whole lot that comes out after Easter until late summer, early fall. And they're like, yeah, that's because stores do resets and things and they had no interest in pumping out more product during that time. Now... Because there are a few of us Marvel collectors on here as well. Do you guys notice that it tends to be seasonal around uh, Christmas times, very Star Wars heavy, and then towards the middle June, July, it becomes very Marvel heavy, and Hasbro are just sort of, and Disney really, are just kind of dominating uh, both halves of the years with their two different products? I think that's a fair point because the Marvel stuff has dropped off and you know, as you pointed out, and right now we're Star Wars heavy, but I feel like the beginning of the year, the beginning of, of 2016 was Marvel heavy and even into the summer a little bit. Hey, guys, we're getting hard and heavy with the Marvel right now, though. I mean, we just had the Doctor Strange wave hit. There's another wave out there, and I forgot what it is now. Spider-Man the wave. Spider-Man, Spider-Man wave is hitting. So we're getting a lot of Marvel still. They shipped three waves in September. Three waves of Legends. That's 21 new Legends figures. I said we got 21 Black Series six-inch figures the entire calendar year. We got 21 new six-inch Legends in a month. They did not slow down. <laughs> But the, I think the, the marketing push does feel like it is such as, you know, maybe it's just because Star Wars has now the last couple of years been released in December. So, yeah, now the push for Star Wars happens and it kind of pushes the focus for Marvel to the side. But, yeah, no, it's like Marjorie Arnie said, you know, it's it's still coming hot and heavy. And right behind that wave, we're going to be getting Guardians of the Galaxy because that's going to be the next big Disney thing coming out here. Well, that's that's coming soon. My money's been taken out for that wave, so... Yeah, the multimedia focus definitely is on Star Wars, but I don't think Marvel ever gets the love. Like, I don't see TV ads for Marvel figures and Marvel toys, and Walmart doesn't take out a ad on television that says, Walmart, your Captain America Civil War headquarters, the way they do your Rogue One headquarters. So, overall, it's lesser, but they do not let up... Every line in Hasbro is trying to prove their worth and sell at Christmas, which is the top toy-selling season of the year. But you can hear all about that on the Marvelicious Toys Year in Review show. That'll be out next week. But for Star Wars, I want to thank everybody for joining us. Brock and Nathan for their segment. Eddie, all the way from Australia. Steve, we always love having you on from the UK when your schedule can allow. Daryl, Andrew, Chris, and Justin, this has been a blast to talk Star Wars with you guys for the past couple hours. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Right back at you. Cheers. It's been an honor. Me pleasure. And until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the Force be with you. The Force is with me. I am with the Force. The Force is with me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one with the toys. Yeah.
Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find pictures of the toys reviewed, chat with other Star Wars collectors, and find hundreds of Star Wars Action News episodes at our website, SWActionNews.com. This podcast is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. We rely on listener support to keep the show going. You can pledge to our Podbean fundraising campaign by going to SWActionNews.com support. Backers get rewards including exclusive video content, early show releases, and more. You can also help out our show by telling your friends to listen by posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or in person. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at SWActionNews.com. We want your feedback on Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The links to our social media sites are at SWActionNews.com. You can also send us your latest store reports, figure reviews, and more. Email us an MP3 or iPhone voice memo at show at SWActionNews.com. All content received is subject for use on the show. If you also enjoy Marvel Comics, you can hear Arnie and Marjorie talk about the toys and statues based on Marvel Comics characters on the Marvelicious Toys podcast at MarveliciousToys.com. Star Wars Action News is always looking for new people to help with the show. You can find a list of skills we need on our blog at VenganzaMedia.com. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, edited, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Video editing by Barrett, Andrew, and Daryl. Website design by Jason. Graphic design by Jay. Photo editing by Scott and Curtis. Announcements by Brock. Segments created by Andrew, Brock, Daryl, Jerry, Jonathan, Nathan, and Steve. For more Star Wars collecting, check out GalacticHunter.com, JediDefender.com, JediTempleArchives.com, and YakFace.com. And we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. Star Wars and all that the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. All rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2017, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. I noticed that a bunch of people are trying to join the free Justin Kozasek Facebook page. So I wonder if they think you're some imprisoned person that's imprisoned unjustly and they need to join the cause. Because these people have like no connection to anybody in the group that I can tell. (laughs) Oh, weird. You're going to be the next Memphis Trio documentary. (laughs) Somewhere there's a baby murderer with the same name who's going to get out. (laughs) (laughs) This underground Facebook movement has released... Baby killer, Justin. (laughs) 
husband of Marjorie Carvalho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and listed off a couple. And, and Steve, you said, what about a uh, Takodana playset? Did you guys hear that big crash? Oh, yeah. All? Uh, okay. Yeah, we did. All right. <laughs> Is everything okay? Yeah. No, somebody just dropped something on the floor right above my head. So uh, let's see. Where was I? And Steve, you said something about uh, a talk. Come on, kids. What are you doing to me? <laughs> We're waiting to hear you speak yeah. and then dropping the bowling balls. Apparently. <laughs> They've been good all afternoon. Nice and quiet. Like Marjorie, Marnie and Ar- That's okay. Arnie you, and Marjorie. You can blend us. 